Welcome to The Surge, a podcast about all things AmSurge and the ambulatory surgery center industry, where we share insight, news, and conversations relevant to our nationwide network of centers. Join us as we hear from AmSurge leadership, partners, and healthcare experts about the best practices, trends, and strategies that help your business thrive. Now here's today's host, AmSurge Communication Manager, Michael Waddell. Hello and welcome to The Surge. I'm Michael Waddell, Communications Manager at AmSurge. Our guest today is Tisha Simpson. Tisha joined AmSurge as GI Division President in May, bringing with her over 15 years of healthcare experience. Before joining the company, Tisha held leadership positions with several healthcare companies, and before that, she worked for nearly two decades as a nurse practitioner in the Tampa, Florida area. She earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing from the University of Florida, as well as a Master of Science and a Doctorate from the University of Florida School of Nursing. Tisha is here today to discuss her journey from nurse to leadership at AmSurge, as well as to offer her views on the current GI landscape and what she sees for its future. Tisha, thank you for being here and welcome to The Surge. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. First of all, I know you only joined AmSurge in May of this year. But can you give us a brief impression of both AmSurge and our network of partner centers so far? So I just completed my second month at AmSurge. So really excited to have an opportunity to meet with several of the key internal stakeholders across AmSurge as well as Envision. Some of the things that I'm really excited about when I look with AmSurge is just the opportunities that we have in building a superb kind of patient experience, if you will, in the ambulatory surgery space and also learning how we can better become adaptable to the changes within the healthcare arena. Right now, AmSurge is more of a transactional kind of encounter with a patient. And we believe within AmSurge, with our great network of clinicians that we have on hand, that we can really create an infrastructure that we can be more coordinated within the healthcare continuum. One thing that that appealed to me about AmSurge in particular, was the relationships and the teammates that they have on board. They really care wholeheartedly about patient experience, improving that interaction and making it a quality visit. And so by and large, AmSurge, amongst other competitors, stands out as being one that's deep-rooted in values that are centered around quality patient care. That's great to hear. As you settle into your new role as division president, can you share with us some key priorities or initiatives that you're eager to make progress on? So thinking about some of the key kind of um, next steps or where I'm putting my priorities over the next six months, there's a couple of things that I'm really focusing on. First, I really want to build a lot of those relationships. Like I had mentioned earlier, you know, there's a lot of great talent within AmSurge, as well as just talented clinicians that partner with AmSurge. And so it's really important for me to get out and get a better understanding of the dynamics and the relationships that we hold within the healthcare community. Second, really starting to look at operational efficiencies. So AmSurge has been one of these amazing organizations that has grown through acquisition. And so I think we have a lot of opportunity to focus on ways in which we can identify to improve operational efficiencies. That does not mean, you know, cookie cutter, you know, one size fits all, more along the lines of as we're delivering, delivering patient care, what are the things that we can remove that create administrative burden and do not add value to the type of care that we want to offer our patients? 
as well as the type of support we want to offer our clinicians and our teammates. So that is another really important priority that I'm focusing on. The third is really that of growth. And if you think about growth, there's a lot of disruptors that are happening within the ASC space. We have private equity coming in. We have a lot of clinicians that are, are fighting for their independence, and they're looking for organizations that we want they want to partner with. I believe Amsurge can be that preferred partner. And so as I think about all of the different competition that comes into our markets and impacts our growth, really thinking how we can look to partner with other with other clinicians in the community, how can we create a better continuum of care for all gastrointestinal health, not just the diagnostics that they experience in the ASC, and then how can we look at partnering with larger health systems as well. On the subject of quality care and positive patient interactions, you come from a strong clinical background as a primary care nurse. Can you talk a little bit about how your background as well as how those experiences helped your transition into and your approach towards leadership today? Sure. So let me start off by saying that I fought tooth and nail not to become administration. (laughs) I think it's really important for people to understand that. When I went into healthcare, I came straight out of school and went into primary care. Originally, I had thought as a practicing nurse practitioner that I wanted to figure out what my specialty was. So I figured if I know a little about a lot, that was going to help me figure out what was the actual specialty that I wanted to focus on. I quickly learned in a matter of, I'd say about six months, um, I started off as, as rounding in hospitals, assisted living facilities, skilled nursing facilities, and then in the office that there was a significant breakdown in how a patient navigates through the healthcare system. So they were transitioning, but there was a lack of coordination. What I found was that in the job that I was in, I really could serve as that kind of patient navigator, if you will, as a nurse practitioner. And so it developed a whole lot of passion around making sure that a patient wasn't lost in the health system. Then I transitioned into doing some more population health for a larger healthcare system in Florida. And really what it was around was building kind of a registry and then seeing if we can do shared medical visits in a primary care realm focusing on diabetic patients. In that process, I learned again how the system was broken, right? And how really we weren't catering the healthcare needs around the patient, but rather taking a more paternalistic approach of saying, this is what you need to do because this is what kind of evidence-based medicine tells us that we need to do. And so through that process, I had a visionary, I guess, boss who said, I think you should actually do some things operationally. And I'm going to take you out of the clinic one day a week, and I'm going to have you focus on these operational issues. For anybody who's been in healthcare, um, that's when PQRS came on board. And so they were making me check boxes on a paper and then transposing it on an EHR. And so like any good clinician, I said, you know what, whoever is making the ways and how we're doing this for our clinicians doesn't know what they're doing. So you should just tell them to stop. And so their solve for that was, well, then why don't you tell them how to fix it? And so naturally through that course, I was slowly dragged into the operational world and bartered quite a bit the days in clinic versus the days in a boardroom. And then after doing that for about 
seven years, eventually succumb to the operational role. What I think that provides from a administrative perspective is I understand what it feels like to sit in the shoes of a clinician. I also knew that as I was still practicing as a clinician and serving as an operator, that the people who could tell me how to make the biggest impact and change were typically those that were sitting beside me elbow to elbow in the front lines. So those were my MAs, they were my center leaders, they were my nurses, they were the other physicians that I worked with and or nurse practitioners. And I relied very heavily on their feedback because you can get so disconnected if you're making decisions in a boardroom and not going to the fields and seeing how that impacts everybody. So I think what people will find in me as a leader is that you will oftentimes see me going into centers, asking to understand what the operational impacts are, how does that impact the type of care that they deliver to the patients, how does that impact how we interact with each other. And so really developed a passion on more population health, looking at operational efficiencies, and that's where I went on and got my doctorate in nursing tied to that kind of population health leadership realm. I would be remiss to say also that I was a a caregiver of, of my mother who developed early onset Alzheimer's and and challenged with that for about 13 years. So I saw through many different domains how the health system impacted her. And so that's probably a lot of the heart that you'll see that I bring in my leadership. There were some great, amazing stories where the health system did her right. And there are other stories where it did her wrong. And so my number one objective and kind of what makes me want to come to work is that I can make those those things that didn't work right for our patients less and less by identifying ways to improve operational efficiencies, clinician experience, as well as the patient experience. Let's switch gears to the topic of business. Could you talk a little bit about your philosophy and your approach to patient care? What sort of approach do you take to improving patient outcomes, reducing risk, and optimizing operations? Sure. So making data-driven, evidence-based kind of decisions, I think there is a very objective component of how we deliver healthcare. There is also a qualitative component. So while I would say I am extremely data-driven, I also overlay that with qualitative kind of factors or implications. So the reason why when we think about standardization, why do we provide value or where do we see there's value in standardization, a lot of it has to do with data capture so it can help drive us in making informed decisions. So very similarly as a clinician, right, you use evidence-based medicine to guide your practice because it's proven to be safe and effective. Similarly, when you look at operations, the same kind of logic applies. The difference, though, is some of the challenges with using data-driven kind of metrics and operations is you have to have the infrastructure that really supports that. What I really appreciate about AmSurge is that it's in doing investments and looking at how do we create infrastructure that is going to give us a medium in which we can take data and drive informed decisions, whether that's tied to patient quality or minimizing risk. So I think a lot of us will know the RL6 kind of risk event 
kind of posting that we have, or you can use it to look at stuff like growth, right? Where are there targeted areas where we just had this recent recommendation where the USPSTF came up with now patients greater than 45 years of age can have a colonoscopy. Where can we use data in our markets and our regions to identify if there are targeted populations that we can provide outreach so they can have a preventative screening closer to the age of 45, ideally at 45, with a hope to decrease the risk of mortality. But again, I do want to include that there has to be a qualitative component. Data can only take us so far. We also need the people to tell us how that impacts the way in which they're delivering care. So while I am data-driven, I also like to, you know, make sure it passes the sniff test by our operators and our clinicians to make sure we're making an informed decision that it's going to impact the healthcare delivery system in a positive manner because we'd never want to use data where it would be hurting us in a, in a, and have negative uh, ramifications. You mentioned the USPSTF recently lowering its recommended screening age for colon cancer to 45. In your view as GI division president, how does that impact AMSURGE and how can we help shape the future of preventative care for patients? So I think we've seen in the last 20 years that we've really seen a big shift in focusing on preventative care. You have primary, secondary, and tertiary With that 45 years of age, kind of lowering that age from 50 to 45 is really enhancing our ability to focus on primary prevention. What we do know is colon cancer is impacting a lot of individuals. We also know that it also presents challenges to other populations or subpopulations. And so really what this opportunity for AMSURGE is to play a pivotal role in increasing the type of diagnostic or the type of preventative screenings that we should be offering to all recipients of healthcare in the United States. I think the opportunity that we have here within AMSURGE is figuring out where we sit in that continuum. Where I would like to really see is us targeting several different kind of populations, if you will. So really focusing on our PCPs, building strong relationships with them, knowing that if they go to AMSURGE, they're going to have quality colonoscopies performed. Also creating an avenue to say, you know what, we know you're doing these screenings. We know that that's something that as a primary care doctor, this is something that you do from a health maintenance perspective on all your patients who meet this criteria. How can we be a a preferred partner? If you have a positive test, how do you look for AmSurge to be your preferred kind of provider, if you will? Then looking at the payers, really challenging our payers to say, you know what, The United States Preventative Service Task Force recognized that that we need to lower our age. What are you doing on our benefits and how can we partner with you to increase awareness? Is that co-marketing? How can we show our kind of quality scores? If you look at AmSurge's GI Quick's performance on adenoma detection, it's superb better amongst a lot of our competitors. How do we really begin to socialize that to show that we have quality clinicians doing quality colonoscopies and are detecting cancer above kind of what the the national standard is? And then more importantly, kind of coming from the patient end, right? We have good patient experience scores. And so we have a great group of anesthesia providers, a great group of gastrointestinal doctors who are delivering these kind of screening or diagnostic tests. That's a really great observation on GI Quick. AmSurge provides so much more colonoscopy data than any provider to that registry, and there's so much potential there. 
Let's move on and talk about your vision for the future. What do you see happening in the GI space as well as AmSurge's role over the next few years? Yeah, so kind of just knee-jerk reaction on that. I think the biggest kind of disruptor, if you will, is private equity, right? And so they're just acquiring all of these kind of physician practices. And so they're really not optimizing kind of the delivery or the support that they're giving to these clinicians. And so what I would envision is that, no pun intended on that one, what I would envision is that AmSurge can actually be a preferred partner instead of going private equity. I mean, some people are going into it for the multiple because they're looking for a really lucrative kind of accretive way of retiring, right? But truth be told, if you actually put down patient care and you think about things like, you know, operations and looking at efficiencies and focusing on the quad aim, right? You really want to partner with someone who is not necessarily looking to just grow really fast, but are actually looking at putting in an infrastructure. So earlier I spoke a little bit about the current state with AmSurge is we're providing episodic kind of transactional care. What I believe AmSurge is positioning to do is to become the leading provider in gastrointestinal health. And the reason why I say that is as we look at the healthcare arena, what we do know is everybody is moving to value-based care. There is going to come a time in which our payers and our patients are going to be expecting, as they should, valued kind of care delivery. And so where I would like to see AmSurge develop and I would like to lead the organization in doing is to identify a path in which we can become the preferred gastrointestinal health provider. So that would be inclusive of physician practice management, so your centers or your practices. It would be inclusive of ASCs. It would be inclusive of am- ancillary services. And the reason why I believe AmSurge is best positioned to do that goes back to my original kind of our original discussion about data driven. If you look at when you think about value-based care, what AmSurge does do is it checks the boxes where it matters the most. We provide the best quality to our patients. We do the best with colonoscopies and adenoma detection. We care the most about our clinicians and and create services that can wrap around them and remove that administrative burden. And we are focusing on building a strong infrastructure so that we can have the capabilities to make data-informed decisions. Tisha, thank you so much for your time. And again, welcome to AmSurge. I think I speak for everyone when I say we're looking forward to seeing more of you over the next few months as you get a chance to travel the country and visit more of our partner centers. Ah, thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners. I'm glad you could join us today. Until next time, I'm Michael Waddell, and this has been The Surge. Thank you for listening to The Surge. If you have any questions about this podcast or suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at communications at amsurge.com.